Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Wives and girlfriends, kiss your husbands and boyfriends goodbye. The Premier League is back. <laughs> Let's hope for a longer period than again another. Was it three weeks of fixtures and then we go again back to uh, international break? But I think, as I explained last week, um, I think we only now see, I, I think the only things that are coming up now is uh, that uh, playoff qualifiers for the World Cup. You know, all the second place teams come uh, come. Uh, face each other in a to it. But yeah, back to the match or build up to the match. About the watering fixture awaits. Um, I mean, I think there's another big one also coming. Was it the Sunday, isn't it? Tottenham and Manu? Or... No, no, it is. Uh, Leicester and Chelsea is playing uh, the first game of the weekend. I'll just get, I'm getting the fixtures up now. So it's huh? Leicester, Ch- Leicester, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wolves Watford could be a bit of an interesting game, and then Man City Everton as well. Okay. Yeah. Is that the Sunday, the batch of Sunday fixtures? So the batch of Sundays is, is going to be Spurs Leeds City Everton, but you know before the um, seventh kick of SA time, yeah. um, Wolves West Ham will play each other in the three o'clock kickoffs. And Watford United, um, the, the first kickoff of the day is going to be on the Saturdays, Leicester Chelsea, which you know is a mouth watering clash in its own right, even though you know Chelsea always seems to get the better of Leicester of late. Okay, I think now I know why I got bamboozled because I saw in the passing, uh, in that when I normally check up on the uh, super sports schedule in South Africa, um, the they had like I think the whole day just talking versus Man United, so I don't know why or what the significance was really of almost like half a day of those fixtures that they played into it. Uh, you know, back to the match at the end. It's now, you know, fi- finally coming up against an opponent that I mean, I think we probably keep it in the same sort of uh category as uh Chelsea, Man City. I mean, I wouldn't count Man U anymore like you were in the start of the season, but I mean, I think we're coming up against almost like a, a more elite type of team, and I think this is going to be probably the test. That we've had since that that five 0 defeat to to Man City. Yeah, I know it's a big big fixture. I think Arsenal against Tottenham was kind of a test, but I think they were already on the decline at that point. Um, yeah. I think this is going to say a lot. You know, it's not going to define our season, but it's going to tell us yeah. a lot about where we are at the moment. I think it's going to be used, can be used as a yardstick. I think as 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 Arsenal fans, we shouldn't go into this game you know expecting a result. I think this is a kind of um, you know, free hit kind of thing or that bonus game where, you know, if we lose, we're losing to Liverpool at Anfield, you know, it's, it's most teams are going to lose there. Um, but if you're going to pick up anything more than, you know, if you pick up a point, I mean, for me, a point will be a great success at Anfield. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was just also doing a, a little tally up of, of the games that Liverpool have played so far. I mean, they've now, with, you know, in all competitions, they've like, Clocked up already 17 games going to the match. We, since we now don't have Europe in it, we only clocked up 14 so far. So it's not like we are kind of, uh, you know, shielding our players where we can. I mean, because I mean, even with Thomas Party now, with that injury that he picked up before the Watford game, we actually kept him up for the full Ghana schedule. I'm actually surprised because normally, look, we sometimes will send people over like, you know, 50 or 60% fit 
Because it's so, you know, the, the, the country now playing, but I mean, I'm glad. I think it's probably because we are letting party also leave uh, for the African Nations Cup. We're not making a, a too big of a big deal of that. Um, um, with regards to us fitness level now, I think the only one that we are really missing, like through injury, is uh, Karana Chaka still. Uh, but I mean, other than that, uh, there was like a, a big scare with Aubameyang and Pepe as well. And I mean, I think both of them already took part today in, in training. So they kind of came through like roughly unscathed. So it's, it's actually good now to do work or can actually see now what sort of team we're going to work with going to such a big clash on the weekend. Yeah, no, I know Liverpool have some injury scares as well. I think Sadio Mane picked up a knock for Senegal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I'm not saying he's out. I just, that's what I read. Yeah, they, and I think Firmino as well, but he was injured before the international break, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not sure there's another one or two players that could be out. No, I think um, with regards to look, Anderson had a niggle, but he's uh, been training the last few days. Uh, as you said, Mane, he's also picked up something at the international break start of it, but he's also back in full training. Um, I think the only big uh, question marks are. Robertson went down in that game, um, you know, uh, you know, a few days ago for Scotland uh, with a hamstring. I think it's, it could be a strain even, but I mean, it looked to do to almost like I don't know if it was now a precaution, but I mean, he was really not happy, you know, when he was like lying in distress on the on the pitch. And then this Naby Keita with a tackle at, at Old Trafford, he still didn't have hasn't recovered from that. And then, as you said, Firmino, he also doesn't look like that's a good sign with him. Like he, he'll probably still. Miss out um, until I think December, and then Curtis Jones is also the other one that's a big, not a doubt. I mean, he's gonna be out for that year for the Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, I think Liverpool still have a lot in the tank. I mean, they could probably get that shot up top with Mane and Salah. I mean, and Shotter also, you know, seems to be scoring a heck of a lot of goals. So, you know, it's gonna our back line's gonna really be preoccupied. Um, I know he's. Is Tavares or Tierney going to start? That's going to be a thing because, I mean, Salah will be bearing down against one of them and Mane probably be does play against Tommy Yasuo. Yeah, but I mean, this is also now leading to my, my point now to bring up. Um, like, with you, your opinion, now, what does the formation you'd actually go for? Because would you go 4-4-2, like we've been doing, or 3-5-2 and then you can actually include Kieran Tierney to play like he does for Scotland as a left-sided centre-back, and then you have uh, Nuno Tavares playing as a wing-back uh, wing, wing or a winger. You know, I never really thought about it like that, but um, I actually possibly could do something like that. It kind of gives you the protection in the midfield, which yeah. we're going to need. And then you have that kind of outlets with your wing-backs. But, you know, the question is then, you know, how do you, do you, do you fit... Uh, do you play Smith Rowe as uh, number 10? And then do you fit then um, Saka as a right wing back? Yeah, I mean, or, that, that would be a uh, big question because then I think I don't think you can really fit in, um, say, like it if you want to go, you know, the two up front because you're still going to need some sort of protection and, you know, somebody to drop off and help out. In that because uh, I think a number 10 role. It's going to come in, you know, as a factor, and you're still going to need also pace to burn on either flank as well. Because look, Liverpool, I think we've we've shown in, in the games where we have, you know, looked strong against Liverpool. 
it's, all, it's the same like when we, we take on, on Chelsea also. If you can keep the likes of, say, Reese James to defend more, and you keep, or now with, with Liverpool, you keep uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold more in a, in a def- defensive role, then you can actually exploit teams like Liverpool in yeah, uh, it, it, look, I would not want to be a Tete now with this selection here. Like, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to combat Liverpool? But I'm sure he's had enough time to do his homework. And I think the fact that our players, you know, like I said, didn't go away. Um, you know, not, not, a lot, not all of our players are regulars internationally relative to um, Liverpool. So, you know, hopefully we can. I mean, I know Smith Rowe and, and, and Saka played um, recently as well since they, so especially with Rowe, I think he made his debut as well for, for England. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't actually know how I would take this on because you don't want to be too defensive against Liverpool. I remember Emre tried something very similar, you know, allowing Liverpool into the wide areas, he just whip crosses in and we were actually getting dominated in that game. But, yeah, Anfield has not been a happy hunting ground of us of late. I mean, from the Ashavan days and Santi Gasola, we used to enjoy playing at Anfield. Because I, I just think we need to also, uh, this is sort of game where we all have to mix and match things, like tactics, and also be a more, uh, you know, almost like a more flow to our, our tactics also on, and man management. Because I think, look, Liverpool play high octane, high press. For I mean long periods, and I mean it's crazy this sort of stamina, stamina where they can hold out for that long and play at the same pace, you know, constantly. So we have to. I, th- oh, I think Arteta needs to also look at certain games where, like especially that last game going to the international break with West Ham, where you saw how West Ham actually dealt with Liverpool. They ended up whenever there was dead ball situations, they were just hanging that ball every time on Allison or. You know, getting the ball kind of almost like to go total chaos in that in that penalty area, where they were you know flinging bodies in front of the keeper and and almost like out muscling and and, and bustling uh, the Liverpool defense. Because I mean, for me watching that or just thinking of that game again, you know, because I watched that match, it was actually uh, I mean, it, it amazed me to see how a team uh, you know was bullying uh, Liverpool. Yeah, no, I think Liverpool just didn't look like they had any answers to West Ham. Yeah. You know, big, big up to West Ham as well. I mean, they, they, they're not the easiest of teams to play against of late. So, you know, they, they made it very difficult for Liverpool. But now Liverpool, you know, you've got to wonder if are they going to come in, you know, that like an angry person now. That the fact that they have only picked up one point in the possible, possible six. And so, so yeah, it's going to be a real... A real Interesting game, and I think, like I said, Arsenal fans, I think, should just try and enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't go up there with any expectations, but that being said, I think if Arsenal get anything, you know, in, out of this game, the pundits, people, opposition, everybody will will maybe start to look at us and be like, you know, is there something happening at the club? Because at the, at the moment, it feels there's like a, a feel-good factor, but it's like that subtle one where... You know, we're not in the limelight. They're not saying, you know, Arsenal challenges, Arsenal top four contenders. It's just that kind of thing where you're just slowly but surely just doing your business under the radar. And I think now is one of the few games now where people will be, you know, all eyes on us. Yeah. And I also think, you know, as, as much as I, I, you know, sometimes I've always like bite my lip, like when you hear the, you know, the criticism or, or say the banter that you see sometimes if you go on Twitter and things like that. But then, you know, on the flip side of it, then you think to yourself, 
you know, you guys have your laugh and whatever. We are just going to see that we are raking up the points where we can. And I mean, I think you mentioned it last week also, where if you think the teams also that we've been playing, where people like first have a chuckle at them, and then you, nobody expected like Crystal Palace to see off four, wasn't it? They saw the other day that you they know, beat Man City uh, at the Etihad, they beat Man City 2 0. No? I mean, Brighton through against um, Liverpool at Anfield. So, yeah. I mean, we, we we picked up, you know, points against those two teams in which those teams, you know, took took points off the big boys. And, and I mean, you saw Burnley as well draw to, to Chelsea on the weekend, which which is a lot. And I don't know if you saw the stat, but Arsenal has the best home record currently. I mean, I think we only dropped three points. And it was against Chelsea. Chelsea's dropped points against City and uh, it was Burnley. So, they've dropped four. City's lost, I think, at home. And they threw it home as well. So you know we've only we've only lost the one game at home, the three points. But I also feel that you know there's there's more to come from us. Yeah, because I mean you can see that that sort of uh, I think they mentioned the other. I mean I don't usually like watching that ESP intro that you that FC that you're always telling me about. But uh, I mean when you can see them even saying you can see a sort of tenacity about them or. A never say die attitude because they almost like pushing it till the end, even or even if, if, if the scores are tied, you know, Arsenal are still going to be pushing, you know, to eke out that last bit of you know energy that they can to somehow force the issue. And I think that is what, what, what's also getting a, a lot of fans on board. You can also see the, the as I've said, I think, or oh, a few weeks ago in the podcast, also, where I said, you can also see the way the crowd reacts, it's a more buzz about them. You know, we had got to groans and moans. Now it's also like you've got that sort of, uh, like, uh, it's because, as you should always say, the 12th man is becoming like that. Also, the Emirates is slowly but surely becoming a place where it's almost like becoming, almost like we're drowning out already the away fans when they're there now. And it, I mean, it, it's, on, as I say, onwards and upwards with the club, the way we're going. Yeah, no, and, and I think. I, I, I don't want to go too far here, but I mean, uh, like a point would be a really amazing result, even though, you know, I'm not holding my breath for anything. I mean, you know, Arsenal sometimes can just turn up on the day and and, and, and Liverpool, you know, show that type of um, impish mood they were against um, United, where they just uh-huh. made call off the goal. So, you know, Arsenal has to keep their wits about them. I mean, we've, we've had fi- a kind list of fixtures, which we actually, you know, you know, you have to you have to beat what's in front of you. We did done that. You know, now it's they're putting Liverpool in front of us. And like I said, you know, I'm not expecting us to shoot the lights out, but let's just be competitive. I mean, we've always just been brushed aside by Liverpool of late. So yeah, I mean, let's let's see. Maybe we come with something different this season. Yeah, because I mean, I'm also now at the stage the way I've been, you know, following Arsenal, especially now this season. I mean, I used to do it before, but you know, that periods where we almost like got blown out of the water early days already, and then. You know, you're just watching us becoming like also rands in the not I wouldn't say in the league race or whatever, but just uh, becoming you know mid table the last uh, two three seasons. But I mean, when you look at the sort of when you follow that block again of, of fixtures, I mean we've got Liverpool now the weekend, then we've got uh, Newcastle next Saturday, then we've got uh, Man United on the Thursday evening, which is a bit weird. I don't know. I mean, we, you and I still have to discuss how we're going to go about that with the podcast uh, thing. And then, of course, and we play again the Monday, 6th of the Everton, yeah. So, a little, like, I mean, of course, just a, a small block that I made now, but 
I mean, I just think we should also try to also you know, take the game really to 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 Man United as well when it comes. Yeah, I mean Liverpool and Old Trafford. I mean I know Liverpool, Man United got punished against City and against Liverpool at Old Trafford, but you know for some reason, no matter how poor Liverpool United are, they always decide to rock up against Arsenal. I mean that Rashford Premier League debut and he scored a brace against Arsenal. I mean, you know, it's just some United up and they were real poor form. And I mean, so, yeah, always raises this game ten, tenfold. Yes, hundred percent. So, like you mentioned, I know we don't want to go too far ahead, but I mean, you know, if you can even, even two points, you know, I know we 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 want to go maximum, but even two points against Liverpool and and Man United, I think is an excellent, you know, considering the fact that. You know, you're playing at Old Trafford at Anfield. I mean, City, I mean, City picked up four points um, against the uh, likes of Liverpool and, and United. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if we pick up th- two points, it's not bad. I mean, I'm, I know we need to aim higher, but I think we're at that stage now where we're kind of on the ascendancy. So, you know, we just need to take it as it comes. But, I mean, like I said, if, if we can pick up anything more than, I mean, than zero points, I mean, a point even, We'll, we'll, we'll say a heck of a lot about where we are as a club because, mm. you know, Liverpool have made Anfield the fortress, make no mistake. Yeah. So, we should have tension out to, you know, the talking points. Um, you know, when you look at the Arsenal squad and also, I mean, there's also like, it's very, like a broad point I'm going to make now. But, I mean, if you think about two, three seasons ago, Arsenal's academy... Like the under-23s were struggling. The under-18s were struggling. The women's team were suffering also badly. Because only like the likes of Man City and, and, and uh, Chelsea, the women's teams, totally started dominating the leagues. So it was like, uh, there with them again, it was almost like, it, it was almost like tenfold because it spread across almost like all sorts of, all levels. Like, you just had always Man City uh, and Chelsea, Man City, Chelsea. And now you start, I start looking at, at the, the, the squads that we have, and you can see there's a sort of tenacity now with the Arsenal under 23s, the Arsenal, um, you know, the ones that are you, they're not even younger than them, but I think under 18s. Then also the women's team look also lethal. And then, I mean, this now brings me now also to the first team. Do you think, like, when you see the sort of players now developing, and it's, it's like, you know, that three or four tier system, like bringing players from this group to that group and then promoting, promoting. Do you see this as a, uh, like blossoming into like the Arsenal golden generation? Uh, I definitely think there's there's a possibility to that. I mean, you know, even if you're talking about um, you know, you know, you're talking about bringing the people up from the different phases, you know, into the team. But if you just look at the likes of Smith Rowe and and Saka, I mean, those guys are still young and they are performing, you know, game after game. I mean, then you have. You know, you have a very young team. I mean, they, they probably could be one or two players that could really come up from the, the academy or under under 23s like into the into the, the setup again. Yeah. But you could see this be the generation. I mean, a season or two. I mean, can you imagine with the experience of Saka and Odegaard, um, Saka and Odegaard, Saka and Smith Rowe, and you have um, Ben White marshalling the defense. Ramsdale's 23. I mean. This yeah. could be a side that in like two or three years' time will have experience and and you know who knows where we could end up. I mean, this 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 like it looks promising. Like games are are exciting to watch again. You you look forward yeah. to 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 seeing 
you know, our performance. And I think that that European distraction, you know, even though I was very much against it in the beginning, uh, I'm actually starting to really realize that, you know, maybe it was for the best that we missed out on Europe. And I mean, I'm now just going through, like, you know, that some players that have now been standing out the past, like, three, four months of the, the under-23s. Because, I mean, you've got... Um, this guy in midfield, Catalan Surgeon, he, he's playing and he's even got called up by Arteta to train with the first team whenever the, the you know, the rest of the seniors go on international break. Then also um, Salah Eden, he's from the Dutch uh, Ajax Academy. Also, we got him, I think, on a free uh, free transfer. And I mean, he's, you know, you're really pulling up trees right now in the under-23s. He's a lethal player. He's, I mean, from set pieces, he's dangerous. I mean, he scores. I mean, he's somebody that can even uh, you know, nearly score from corners. That's how potent he is. He can really turn the heat on, on teams. Then you've got, of course, that we, uh, that we always now mention on the podcast, Charlie Patino. Then you've got uh, Joe Lopez that we got from uh, the Barcelona Academy. He's making also, uh, you know, I think he's already at, at times training also with the first team. When Tierney was out and they actually used him to train with us, uh, the squad. And then you've got Attacking midfielder like Omari Hutchinson. He is also looks quite promising. And, and the, up front, you got, <coughs> excuse me, Mika Pires that we got from Fulham. And then Kido Taylor Hart, who's also quite dangerous as a winger. Oh, sounds like there's a lot of potential coming through. I mean, can you remember back in the Wenger days, you know, when they used to say the so called <laughs> Thomas potential, like J. Emmanuel Thomas, or, mm. you know, was it Yeah. I mean, these are all guys that also came in with potential, but you know, never seemed to eat the heights. So, you know, maybe this is the generation where we we're getting all our ducks in a row and we 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 finding a good way to go forward. And I mean, I also looked at at Ajax squad also the other day, and you can see there's also the the average is also as low as ours. And I mean, the sort of players. Excuse me, they are drafting through right now. Yeah, yeah. So let's see, you know, hopefully this is the things are coming. I mean, you know, I know you did say you kind of wanted Arsenal to take, I'm not saying that full approach of just promoting from within, but promoting from within, you know, where you can, like, you know, sell players, make a profit from them and, you know, build the squad. And I think it's slowly but surely going that route with, with the club. And I mean, for me, I, I don't know, but ever since, like, you know, as being an Arsenal fan for, so long. Uh, one thing that always stood out to me, uh, it's like whenever I look always at, at um, you know, that Man United period when they had all that, that players, their they class of 92, and I was thinking, I wish Arsenal could have a thing like that. And for me, like just seeing this now, I mean, I've, uh, like you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sort of jump the gun on, on things and, and calling things with people. But I mean, when you see, you, 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 You've got like a team of talented under 18s, a squad of talented under 23s that's already knocking on the door of the first team. And it's almost like now it's just going to come down to Arteta that, you know, do you take that plunge and then say, okay, you know, the same way Emery did with uh, Saka and the same way Arteta did with, with Smith Rowe. Now you have to almost like take that plunge and maybe come January in that. Yes, I know we want to get dip in the market again, possibly, and probably get rid of players, but then try to embed these players also. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, yeah, give them 45 minutes or something like that. Where they get that 5 or 10 or 15 minutes with that, it builds up to something. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think 
it's it, it slowly but surely things take time. And I mean, Ilmius with Rowan Saka never just got thrown into the starting lineup. They got put in, you know, with amongst experienced players and really, you know, showed their worth. And I think they're just going to grow in stature. And I think we need to start doing that as well, you know, feeding it in, you know, when you have the bulk of the squad around them, you know, let them play 15, 20 minutes in a game, maybe where you're cruising, just so they can start getting that experience because. You know, that's what it's all about, like getting experience. Yeah. And then, like, you know, just moving now away from that now to, you know, first team news. Um, there's been talk now of Eden Ketia, you know, now he's like, you know, being also loud about it, about the pushing of the deal for January. And I mean, as I said, I just don't want also to, you know, really stand in his way because, I, I, as I said, I just don't see him as a, a forward that, that takes us into the next five or seven years or everything. I'd rather bring in somebody that, can not only learn from who we currently have, but also have that sort of, say, that sort of angry persona that's going to push him to that sort of level that he actually puts people under, you know, like Obama or Lacazette under pressure. And then that leads you also now to Lacazette because there's not been talk, I think, in the last couple of days where there's, uh, like, you know, Lacazette getting a possible short-term extension. Not like <clears throat> years and years, but, you know, where they just maybe push it for a year or something like that. But I mean, he, from what I heard, he's actually not happy with what they're trying because I think he's pushing, say, for two and I think the club are pushing just for one and that's it. No negotiations on it. That's, that's quite crazy. I mean, I don't know. There's all like a thing. It's, it's, always, it's very difficult to put your finger on it. You know, on the one hand, you, you keep him or on one hand, you let him go. I mean, he came to the club with a very... You know, reputation of the guy is going to finish. You know, he and, and and he's had some good seasons, but he had some also you know, very quiet seasons. It's been really up and down. I think he's slowly but surely coming into his own again with 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 playing with like next to or with a Bamiang. But that being said, you know, I do think we need a younger, more hungry attacker to to come in to kind of you know put fire on the likes of a Bamiang. Yeah, I also don't think because you can see Obama is also to a certain degree. I'm not saying always, but you can see he's slowing down with with that that pace factor because you know like if you take two three seasons ago, I mean even that that, that FA Cup run, we I mean if you gave him a head start, you're not going to catch him. But I mean now you see defenders holding him in now and and you know kind of holding him up. And with, with Lacazette, as you and I discussed on this podcast, where we said he just don't have the legs anymore for a 90-minute match. He's like You can see when he's struggling because he's doing so much work. I mean, because it's not like he's, uh, you know, not putting in the shift. I mean, he's actually running himself into the ground, but you can see his body can only take about an hour. Yeah, especially there's like the high octane press that we have to do and the running and stuff. You know, maybe his body needs to get used to it, or do you think it's a case of, you know, his legs just can't keep up and the age has gotten to him? No, I think it's the age because, I mean, he was. I mean, if, if anybody remembers watching him for Lyon and, and, and say, the uh, early day, like probably the first year at Arsenal, when he still looked, you know, on fire. And, and then you can actually see that with a dip start coming, like, you know, when you past that peak and you start that slow what is the deterioration but you haven't been going downward like as a as a professional because you know you're not having that sort of uh, pace anymore you're picking up injuries and and, and you know even that niggles ends up just adding on adding on 
And here's that also at times ruined his game because every time he was hitting a, a decent patch for Arsenal, he'd pick up an injury or whatever, and then it's almost like it sets him back again, and then he's like, you know, battling to get in the squad. But I mean, I'm actually, actually also, <clears throat> excuse me, expecting also something big from someone like Martinelli because I really want him to show a bit more. I mean, he already said yeah. in last week he wants to, when they were already asking, you know, don't you want to spend a loan like for a season? In Brazil and and or I think no no sorry, half a year at uh, one of the Brazilian clubs to get some sort of form. And I mean his father, his agent also said no. He said he wants to stay and fight for his place. And I mean I I like that as with that sort of attitude. Yeah, you always forget about Martinelli. I mean if that youngster can also you know find his feet and find his true position, because I, I just think at the moment he doesn't know where he fits in across the front. You know, is he a centre forward? Is he a left winger? You know, where do you play? Do you play more as a... Do you even try him out as a, as a Lacazette kind of role at the moment, the way he's playing with, with Aubameyang? I mean, it's still yeah. to be seen. So, so yeah, you know, Martinelli's kind of a guy you forget... Not to forget about him, but, like, you know, there's, like, a people above him in the picking order. You just kind of hope that, you know, he starts showing some form that, you know, got him recognised at the club. I mean, I, like my take or my problem has always been with Martinelli as much as I like him. I just think he oh, gets overexcited and he ends up, you know, trying to do things way too much on his own, even though he's got, say, support of two or three guys around him. We, you know, a simple ball could have not just made it easy. Or I think the other thing where he suffers again in the, if you, or any of our listeners can and, uh, think of that, that Carabao Cup games also, then he's again playing alongside Eden Ketia, who's also got the same sort of attitude. So the one is not passing really to the other one. So I mean, I think Martinelli not normally comes over at the short end of a straw. So because Nketi is trying so hard to to you know make a name for himself and not you know playing other people. I think that's the thing that always frustrates me when they leading the line in the in these Carabao Cup games. Yeah, I think that too. They need to find a way out to to strike a relationship and then just. You know, move forward from there. I mean, not the two of them, but I mean, uh, uh, Martinelli needs to find a way you know, to get some minutes into the team when there's a starting lineup and no one's trying to, you know, outcompete the other one. And then, I mean, the final bit of news before we, you know, round off the podcast. Um, Callum Chambers has now, I think, gotten an offer from Newcastle because I think Arsenal wants something like five million or I don't know if that's what they're offering because, I, I mean, I don't think you're going to get anywhere close to 10 for him. But I mean, I think Arsenal will probably try eking out as much as they can. But I forgot there was another, I just couldn't get the, the name now of, there was another team that's also interested in Callum Chambers. But um, the Newcastle one is actually the biggest of the, of the lot. But I mean, I don't know if Arsenal will try to milk it for what it's worth with that, you know, the real billionaires at the moment. Yeah, I know. They, 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 they just, it's quite scary what they could, you know, possibly do with, with, uh, um, the amount of money that they have, you know, they could disrupt English football, adding it another um, dimension to it. I think it's Everton. Somebody says, Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. That's it. That's Everton. Because I think they're looking for somebody, you know, more agile that can play or be more versatile, actually, and play as a right back or play centre back. Because I don't think Rafa Benitez is that happy with his central defence at the moment, because I think they do leak a lot of goals. Yeah, I know they have been, and hopefully, you know, they don't sort their defense out until we get older. No. <laughs> okay, so guys, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the game. I mean, I'm going to go into it quite positive. Take care, enjoy the game. Bye.